All right. Hey. All right. Hey, I think you can see that we had a tremendous experience there in Daytona. And uh, we just wanted to share a little bit of that with you. And I appreciate Pastor Mark uh, letting us do that. And uh, just thank you so much for those of you that sponsored students and, and uh, those of you that prayed for us. And, and it, it, your prayers were felt. And uh, it was just an amazing time for us there together. And uh, we just want you to be a little bit a part of that. Uh, we've been in a series called Throat Punch. And, and last week, Pastor Mark talked about anxiety. And this week, we're going to touch on shame. Some of you this morning, that could define your throat punch, shame. That's something that you maybe deal with every day. It's, it's maybe something that happened to you, something that you did. Guilt says, I did something wrong. But shame says, there's something wrong with me. Some of you here this morning, you're struggling with that. And I want to challenge you maybe to, to deal with that and to listen to what God's Word has to say to you. And I want to challenge you to jump into the water. Don't just tiptoe, don't just go ankle deep, but jump into the water. How many of you remember when your child was young, or maybe you've got some young children, or it was a niece or nephew or a brother or sister, and you were trying to get them adjusted to, to the water, and, and, and maybe they would stick their toe in there or something like that, and then you would just say, jump, jump. Do you remember that, parents? Jump. I'll catch you, just jump. And then when they finally jumped, it was a never-ending cycle, right? You were like, will you please wear out, kid, because I'm about to drop here. I mean, they could jump all day long, but they would just continue to jump into the water. Spiritually, have you jumped into the water? What we do or have a tendency to do a lot of times is we stick our toes in there. Or maybe you go ankle deep. Or maybe you might even, if you're, you know, just maybe for some of you, you'll even go out to waist deep. I want to challenge you this morning to jump into the water. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 38, Jesus is speaking to a large crowd. The passage is up on the screen there. Look what he says. Look at his challenge to this crowd that he'd been speaking to, which is my challenge to the students and my challenge to the church today. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, Jump! Is anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Does that describe you? Are living waters flowing from you? Are you busting out this morning? Does that verse describe your heart? We're going to look at a woman this morning, a woman that was shamed, a woman that didn't like herself. She was filled with the regret of some relationships that she had been in. She was filled with hurt and pain. What does Jesus do for a shameful, separated, socially unacceptable woman? You know what Jesus does? He goes and finds her. 
In John chapter 4, we'll see her story, and I'm just going to narrate that story because we don't have a tremendous amount of time this morning. But Jesus had been on a journey, and he's headed to Jerusalem. And, and on his way to Jerusalem, he goes through Samaria to a city called Sychar which was very unusual for a Jew to do because Jews and Samaritans did not get along at all. So Jesus is going there to Sychar, and there's a well there, and he goes, and he's sitting at the well. And as he's sitting at that well, there's a woman that comes along. The Bible says it was about 12 noon. In biblical days, women did not go to the well at 12 noon to draw water. Because it was very hot. You see, that was where the women hung out. And that's where they shared. That's what we call it. The scripture says it's gossip, I think, sometime. But that's where they would go and, and they would talk. But they would go early in the morning. But it's 12 noon. You see, this shamed woman did not want to see anybody. She didn't want to have anything to do with anyone because she felt like an outcast because of her life, because of her situation. And she's going to the well because she thinks no one's going to be there. And she gets there, and there's a man there. That's the last thing in the world she wanted to see was another man. And then she comes to the well, and Jesus says to her, Will you give me something to drink? Can a woman just go to the well? You know? You know, does everywhere I go, does somebody have to hit on me? I think that's what she was thinking. You see, Jewish men did not talk to Samaritan women. Okay? They didn't get along. So here's this guy asking her for a drink. Jewish men definitely would not drink after a Samaritan woman. So I imagine she thinks kind of sarcastically and basically says to him, why in the world do you want me to give you a drink? You Jews don't even speak to us. You wouldn't even speak to me in public, but here you are without anything to get something to drink, and you expect me to give you something to drink. But look what Jesus says to her in this passage of Scripture. John chapter 4. Jesus responds. He says, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who is speaking to you, you would ask for a drink and I would give it to you. Now, I imagine she's thinking, I've never heard that line before. I've heard of a bunch, but this guy is really putting on the, the juice here. I mean, he's trying to come on like, you know, some kind of godly spiritual man. But I think Jesus had her attention. And then notice what happens here. She says to him, how can you do that? How can you give me any water? You don't even have anything to draw with. And then Jesus replies, look what it says. Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. 
So here's what this woman is thinking. This is exactly what I need. Because if I have this water, I'll never have to go to this well again. I'll never have to interact with people again. I will never have to be ashamed. And I won't have to dodge those cutting eyes that look at me and put me down. Can you give me that water? That is what I need. And then notice what Jesus does. He does what he does so amazingly. Jesus gets into her personal space. Jesus gets into her business. Don't we like it when Jesus gets into our personal space? When Jesus all of a sudden gets into our business, that thing that we want to ignore, that thing that we wish we could just put away, in fact, it's that thing that had shamed her. And he says to her, go and call your husband. That's the last thing she wanted to hear. And she basically, in a way, is a little dishonest, but she responds to him and says, I don't have a husband. And then Jesus says to her, you're right. You don't have a husband. It's kind of weird, don't you think? He says, no, you don't have a husband. You've been married five times. And the person you're living with now, you're not married to. Wow. Bam. I just wanted to drink water. You said you were going to give me living water. Why did you have to bring all this up? Couldn't we have done it another way? And then notice what she says. You certainly speak the truth. I think by now she's realizing there's a little something different about this guy. She sees him not as a man wanting something from her, but maybe wanting to give her something. And then she says to him, you must be a prophet. She at least sees that. That's what a lot of people thought Jesus was back in the biblical day, a prophet, a great teacher. But then notice what she does. It's a classic thing that me and you do a lot of times, especially maybe some of our unchristian friends. Notice what she does. She says, let's talk religion. Let's don't talk about my past. Let's move on. And then she says, I hear that you Jews worship Jesus over here, but we Samaritans worship him over here on this mountain. In other words, she's trying to have a religious discussion. She doesn't want to deal with her situation. Is that where you are this morning? Is that what's keeping you from jumping into the river? Notice what happens here. Jesus says a profound statement. It's not where you worship, but it's who you worship. And it's the sincerity of your worship if you worship in spirit and in truth. And then this woman says, I guess the Messiah will tell us that when he comes, the one that calls himself the Christ. You see, she had a knowledge of the Messiah. Get this moment. Put yourself there. You've just given a drink of water to this man. And he looks at you and he says to you, I am the Messiah. Wow. You know what happened here? Her dirty laundry didn't matter anymore. She no longer felt shame. How do we know that? Because the Bible says that she dropped her water pot. The thing that, that caused her to, to face the shame. 
And she ran into the town and said, come see a man that told me everything I've ever done. She had no shame. She felt free. And let me tell you this, as I think about this passage of Scripture, I don't think this woman ran to the gated communities in the town. I don't think she went where all the normal people maybe were or where everybody that thought their normal was or where everybody that hid their shame was. She ran to the people that she hung around with. She went to where there were people that were struggling with shame just like her and said, come see a man that told me everything that I've ever done. Later on in the scripture, it says that many people heard her story and came and worshiped Jesus and came to know him in a personal way. They jumped into the river. Let's look at this story just a minute because I think it has a lot for us here this morning. First of all, I want you to know that Jesus knows exactly where you are. Jesus knows exactly where you are. If you're watching on Facebook this morning, Jesus knows exactly where you are. If you're watching online, Jesus knows exactly where you are. If you're sitting in a seat here this morning, Jesus knows exactly where you are where you are. Jesus not only knows exactly where you are, he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows that shame that's in the bottom of your soul that maybe nobody else knows about. He knows about that shame that every time you want to jump in the river, Satan throws it up in your face. Or maybe somebody else brings it to your attention. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. Jesus knows exactly where you are. And just like he did for this woman at the well, Jesus is pursuing you this morning. Jesus is pursuing you. Have you ever thought about why in the world would Jesus ask this woman for water? He had fed 5,000. He had turned the water into wine with his, his mere voice he said to the sea, peace be still. He told Peter, come walk to me on the water. And yet, he's asking this woman for water. You know why Jesus did that? Because Jesus is saying to you and to me that I can identify with where you are. You see, in his pursuit of this lonely and hurting woman, Jesus chose to identify with her thirst. He chose to identify with what she was going through. Jesus chose to accept his human limitations because there was a hurting, shameful, socially unacceptable woman that he wanted to reach. Jesus knows exactly where you are. Jesus is pursuing you this morning. And Jesus knows your deepest need. Jesus knows this morning what you're searching for. There is a you that currently exists. And there is a you that you were created to be. Did you hear that? There is a you that currently exists. And there is a you that you were created to be. And Jesus knows that you will never jump into the water. That you will never experience that living well within you until you confront what is blocking the flow in your life. That's what Jesus was doing in this woman's life. 
the very thing she was seeking, Jesus could provide. You see, just like this woman, God wants to do something for you. God wants to put living water within you. He wants it to bubble up within you. I think there are two reasons, two issues that keep us from experiencing the fresh, bubbling spring water within us. The river in the Bible and in these passages of Scripture, the living water is basically the Holy Spirit. For those of you that are followers of Jesus Christ, those of you that have embraced him and believe on him and have accepted him into your life, there's something that's blocking possibly the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe for some of you, it's, I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'm ashamed of the life I live. I know Jesus, but shame is still bubbling up with inside of me. And that shame has contaminated the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know what 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says? It says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. You see, that's what happens to us. That's what blocks the flow. We quench the Holy Spirit in our life. That's what negative thinking does. It blocks what God wants to do within you. It contaminates what he's trying to make happen. You know why? Because we're listening to the wrong voices. We're listening to things that we don't need to listen to. Will you let Jesus into your personal space? Your past does not have to define your life. Your past does not have to define your relationships. You can let your past define you. You can let it destroy you. Or you can let it strengthen you and draw you to the well. Jesus says jump. Don't let what you've been through define you. Look at this. You are not what you did. Did you hear that? You are not what you did. You are not what your past says you are. Jesus said there is a river inside of you that's waiting to spring up if you will just embrace that river this morning. If you go back and look at the first part there of John chapter 4 where it says Jesus sat there at the well, it says that Jesus was weary. He was tired. He was weary. Have you ever realized that Jesus could be weary? Have you ever realized that? That's what it says. Is anybody weary today? Are any of you weary? Are you maybe depressed? Are you stressed out? Are you bummed out? Is life just throwing lemonades at you? Jesus understands that. You see, when it says he, here he was weary, I wonder if when he said that he was thinking about a verse of Scripture that later would quote him. It says, come to me all you who are weary and I will give you rest. Do some of you need some rest this morning? Do you need to jump into the river? For some of you, that's where you are as followers of Christ. You need to release that Holy Spirit into your life and deal and confront. Let Jesus into your personal space. 
so that you're no longer quenching what the Holy Spirit of God wants you to be. So the you you are will not conflict with the you that God created you to be. And then there's another group here maybe today. You've stuck your toes in the water. You've got a little ankle deep. But you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You're just like this woman here. You've heard about the Messiah. You even heard he's going to come sometime. But you never realized that he is pursuing you. You never realize that he knows your deepest need. You never realize that here today that God knows exactly where you are. And he brought you here to jump into the river. Is that what you need to do today? Is that how you need to respond to Christ? You see, at the wave retreat, not only did we have a tremendous amount of fun, but there was a powerful spirit of God there. Pastor Mark, when he spoke, it was amazing just how God opened the gates. As, as the band led worship and sang, it, it was just, it was an amazing, the unity that God brought in the students. A number of them came to Christ. There were three churches there, and close to 15 students came to Christ and accepted him. We saw probably 30 or 40 kids jump into the river and embrace that Holy Spirit and, and let it unleash in them again. As we close out the service today, we want you to experience some of that. We want you to experience that resurrecting King. If you don't know Jesus Christ, He is here today. He is drawing you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. And He wants you to step into that everlasting life with Him. His arms are open. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence. Father, thank you for your love for us. Father, thank you for the experience that we were able to have at the wave. Thank you for a church, Father God, that would believe in its students so much that they were willing to let this happen, to support it. Father, thanks for a staff that would be willing to go spend time there in their busy schedules with students. Father, thank you so much for these workers. Father, thank you for the parents that represent these students. And Father God, I pray for that resurrecting power, not just here today, but that it will continue in the life of these students as they become the wave at their school, Father, at their home where they work and wherever they may encounter others. We love you, Heavenly Father. In your holy name we pray. Amen.